Reviews. Netflix Girl in the Picture. I'd seen this same story told in 48 hours, but this was so much more informative and heartfelt. The tragedy of Suzanne's life from beginning to heartbreaking end is told so poignantly and precisely. One walks away from this and can only feel that her life was so tumultuous from her ridiculous mother and the affair while the child's father was fighting a pointless war that left him a shell of his former self. Birthing two additional children, then marrying and divorcing that man, decides to go it alone and her story goes from bad to worse, ultimately losing all three girls to the state. There's no definitive answer to this, only the pathetic mother offering incredibly poor excuses to find her falling for this pathetic excuse for a man who would ultimately dump the two younger girls at an orphanage and embarking on the travesty that became Suzanne's life. At one point, this adorable and incredibly intelligent girl had the world in the palm of her hand, only to have this monster destroy it again, tear her from a likely successful collegiate career, and turn her again upside down to further destroy what little joy she'd gathered. That she was able to turn her horrific adolescence into a brilliant success speaks greatly to her character, despite the monstrous influence of this horrible, pathetic man. She eventually finds herself forced into a life she'd never imagined, having children, forced into exotic dancing and prostitution surrounded at every turn by devastation and depression. So many people refused to give up, refused to let her fade into obscurity. An author, a retired FBI agent, and an incredibly brilliant group of DNA genealogists combined forces to finally give this girl the name and proper headstone she deserved in spite of the monster who'd taken it upon himself to destroy her, her son, and their lives. This story is so wonderfully done and pays tribute to a brilliant star in the sky who was never able to realize the power of her shine. What a complete and total tragedy that befell this child, and it's an honorable group of people that ultimately ensured her death would not be the end of who she was. What a tragedy that even she never knew who she really was, how many people failed her, and hopefully, her daughter lives a long and love-filled life, as a legacy of what her mother was. A young woman dies in Oklahoma City from the injuries she has received in a hit-and-run. The doctors and police suspect foul play, but it isn't until they don't find out that she isn't who she says she is that the mystery begins to unfold. Slowly, but surely, the horror of her life unfolds. This is one of the best, and most well-constructed, documentaries, I have ever seen. The director tells the story in the chronology that the police and the FBI discover it. The result is the stomach-churning story of a sociopath and the damage he has done. See it because his victims deserve to have their stories told, but, beware, that is disturbing. One of those stories that shocks you with every twist, it's wild and almost unbelievable. A well-put-together documentary with relevant interviews and a smooth rhythm to the storytelling. Sad, poignant, and just incredible in a really disheartening way. First, it's a given that Frank was a psychopathic pose rapist and killer. Scum of the earth. I'm almost shaking writing this review. Poor Suzanne, such a beautiful and intelligent girl, and she really was just a girl. Forced to have three kids by 20, repeatedly raped, abused, and thrown away. She was raised by a monster because of her mother, 
who didn't shed a tear when interviewed, nor her father. Meghan's adoptive mom pretty much said it all that her grandmother isn't interested in a relationship and couldn't care less. IDC what anyone says, there's something very wrong with both her parents. Things could have gone so differently if her mom hadn't cheated on her dad, if she hadn't chosen the wrong men repeatedly, and if she gave a damn about her kids. Shame on her. It's the main job of any mom to protect her kids. Don't have them around random men you barely know. The dad could have fought harder, but he was washed up by 23. Suzanne had such potential. What a waste. The documentary starts off as a typical hit-and-run case, eventually branching out into a spiral of unending twists and hidden mysteries. While it spends the entirety of the first act on the perpetrator and his doings, Director Sky Borgman ensures that the piece lends ample time on unraveling the mystery around the titular girl's identity. That's when the documentary comes into its own, never letting us forget that it's not the inhumanity meted out to the victim that she needs to be remembered for, but for who she was, as a person, friend, peer, mother. Sky wants to tell us that even under the most difficult circumstances, the victim was always trying to be her best version. The final stretch is incredibly moving, especially when we get to know more people related to her, and what she meant, or still means, to each of them. It's a really disturbing story and you will lose faith in humanity if you watch it. And if you believe in God, you will question your beliefs on that too. Yet the girl was admirable, to get a full scholarship to a top engineering program despite dealing with so much abuse. Society failed her. If somebody at some point had intervened and asked the right questions and spoken to the law enforcement, she could have been saved. Full credit to the FBI for pursuing the case till the end. Teen pregnancies should be actively discouraged. If you cannot support your kids or give them a good life, please don't have kids. The mother is the real criminal here. She had no business having three kids living in a trailer and highly irresponsible marrying a stranger she just met. She should be jailed with the psychopath. When a young woman's body is found in Oklahoma, her identity is a fake one, her story, harrowing. I'm a little late watching this, I was a little put off by the long-running time, being so used to our long documentaries, it was a big mistake, this was compelling viewing, the time flew by. I think this is one of those stories that will love me for some time. It's thought-provoking, remarkable and chilling, what the poor young woman endured will quite literally break your heart. Nobody should have to suffer, ensure and experience what she did, she also seemed such a wonderful person. Very well made and edited, it flowed incredibly well. This really was a triumph, a story that needed to be told. Nine-tenths. I never know how to rate these types of programs. Give it an ten and it's almost like you enjoyed the sadness of what happened. A solid seven is to show my respect to the victims. God bless. What happened to Sharon's first child? Who was Michael's real father? Did Warren Hughes kill Sharon? They didn't answer that. Dot dot. So many weird people in this documentary. Sharon's biological mother. Michael's adoptive parents, they were really giving off bad vibes, the author of the book who clearly just wanted to write the book.
the friend who says she was really shocked to find out Sharon and Warren were married but then saying she witnessed him raping Sharon when they were young and not telling anyone. And mostly how Sharon wasn't able to tell anyone or run away but was allowed to have sex with other man. It's an interesting and sad story but I don't like documentaries where I am left more confused than I was before watching it. The story is so tragic and twisted that I found it hard to believe. Unfortunately it is a true story. Colon dash opening parenthesis. I personally think that Suzanne's parents are very much to blame for what happened to her as Floyd is. They could have searched for their daughter, TV shows, newspapers etc, but they didn't. They completely failed her as parents and that makes this story so devastatingly tragic. Rip Suzanne and Michael. I've seen many documentaries about true crime. Some are really good describing depravity of crimes, others are worse and quite boring. This one, in my opinion, falls into the latter category. The reason I watched this one, was because all of the reviews described how good it is this story to be told from the woman's perspective and how captivating it may look to the viewers. To be honest it's not. Absolutely, it has nothing to do with the gender of a director-producer, but with a point of view and actual talent. Story-wise there is one true abuse victim and her son. The poor girl who was kidnapped, raised, raped and eventually killed by someone who was supposed to be a father figure. My heart truly aches for her. The way the story had been told and all those people who were interviewed, I really don't believe that anyone had cared about her at all. The documentary tries to show that there were many people in her life, but in fact there were none or almost none. Let's dive into specifics. 1. Her birth parents. From the story described, neither her birth mother nor her birth father had cared for her from the beginning. Her father blames the Vietnam War and her mother was looking for another relationship. No one cared about her or her sisters since the day they were born. Besides, the father of her two sisters was hardly ever mentioned. 2. The investigative journalist didn't really care about her. He was so clearly looking for a scoop for his book. The simple fact is that he simply tried to stay relevant and got a tip from the email. There weren't many emails either, otherwise he wouldn't have been able to answer them all by his claims. 3. Her high school best friend hangs out with her simply because of her looks as the ugly girl with the good-looking girl. If she'd cared about her as she claims, she'd do something way before the gun rape incident. 4. Her pimp strip club hostess looks as someone who simply lies. No millionaire's parties go without illegal substances or paid sex. That's the actual truth. The only reason she was appled by her offering sex for $50 is because it disrupted her business. Oh and it's an obvious lie that she interfered with her stripper friend incident who got killed eventually. 5. Adopting parents of her poor son look like a perverted family in every Hollywood movie. It's so obvious they don't care neither about her or her son and try to have their moment, it's disgusting. 6. The FBI police never opened a case on her, as it mentioned a few times. The simple truth is that this girl falls through the cracks of the system and society. From the get-go, she had lived in the white trash conditions. Her surroundings weren't trying to help her, 
but to use or ignore her every chance they got. Nobody cared about her, and she didn't believe anyone could help her, so it ended the way it did. It's not as if she was locked inside a cage without the ability to escape. There were so many moments when this could be avoided, but no one simply cared. What had bothered me the most, is the way the movie tries to present all those people as good-hearted individuals, who were powerless to stop it. They weren't. They are indifferent individuals who try to grab their spotlight and somehow justify the poor actions and decisions. This movie helps them with the goals and this really annoys me. This is not a story about a poor girl or about the atrocities she'd gone through, this is a story about failures of the system and society, and that should have been the focus of this movie. I have lost my words after watching this. How in the world can someone do this? Knowing that it's a true documentary, makes me tremble. I don't know how she went through this all the time. She was bright, she was a gifted child. If she hadn't gone through this, she would be regarded as a treasure for her nation. I still don't get why she didn't ask for help. Why didn't her friend tell anyone about the incident? Now, she is crying. Why didn't she tell her parents back then? She could have saved her. I don't know but I think, she was arped to that why she was afraid. Making her watch Darping Sharon doesn't make sense. Maybe, I'm just thinking about it too much. After watching this, I also went through some articles. It makes me feel sick actually. How can he? And the mother, seriously, how can a mother be so careless? Maybesh is just relieved, saying, my burdens are finally gone as she previously wanted to get rid of them at an orphanage. She already knew how he was but still she didn't care. Even after all this, she doesn't have any headache. From her birth mother, high school friend's parents, fellow dancer in Tampa, to the babysitter. All had a chance to look for or report what was going on and no one did. I understand being scared of Floyd but so many times they just up and vanished and it seems as if these people just went on about their lives instead of looking for her. Especially the dancer in Tampa who was kidnapped herself. Well, I guess this has it all. What a despicable creature this man was. This documentary pulls you in and you're stuck. It is important that Sharon's story be told. I still kinda wish I'd never seen it. I agree with Heather, the mother in the wheelchair is full of excuses and lies. Rip Sharon and Michael, who was Michael's father, DNA testing ruled out Warren Hughes. Who was Megan's father, it seems odd if Sharon was never allowed much freedom that she could have had two pregnancies by other men. This is an utterly awful story and that is what makes it captivating. I didn't think the film itself was anything remarkable and am perplexed at the reviews that mark it out as a different way of presenting a real-life tragedy. The film was well done and it did spend time trying to bring things together to give the subject respect and a sense of closure for the family but if I am honest I think that is a mechanism for making the voyeurism of this kind of film palatable. It was not in and of itself a remarkable bit of filmmaking. I enjoy documentaries and am fascinated mainly by what motivates these crimes, how we can spot clues to these kind of behavior etc. But I am more than a little concerned that Netflix seems to be becoming known for glamorizing this genre, 
Reading reviews of how amazing it was left me wondering if we are so detached from the fact that it is real we are becoming numb to real life horror and are we getting used to dining out on other people's misery. Carefully pieced together shifting back and forth through the timeline is masterful and convenient. Focusing on the beauty of lost souls rather than the demon was important in communicating the message. A complete story with all relevant perspectives. This is not another docudrama of communal vigilance and resolute detective work but an insight to the misfortunes of negligence and unaccountability. Susie's brief life of endless pain is just heartbreaking. Netflix crime documentaries are usually too long, and spread needlessly over multiple episodes. This feature-length doc is too short, and could have done with an extra couple of hours to tell more about the real parents, Michael's possible father, and the little brother, Philip, who was abducted with the three sisters at the beginning, and who, according to Wikipedia, showed up in 2019. A very good documentary, nonetheless, and one that I will remember for a long time. I'm very harsh on true crime documentaries. This was great storytelling. You want the mystery solved, you hope the mystery will be solved, then. You get answers, well-paced, well-produced and well-shot. An absolutely crazy store that is a complete web of chaos. I do feel like the story was better than the quality of the production but regardless it was still entertaining and engaging. My heart breaks for all of Floyd's victims. This monster kidnapped and raped a four-year-old. If the American justice system had served justice by putting the monster down, no other persons would have been hurt. A great example of how the lack of capital punishment for horrendous crimes leads to more harm. Never heard about the case before but it is an almost unbelievable story and so well filmed and told. Could not stop watching it. Best true crime Netflix doc since making a murderer. I am a sucker for any crime documentary and have watched many. This recounts the story of Suzanne, a woman abducted as a child by an evil sexual predator. Fortunately the producers did not try to stretch this story out into more than one episode. The story is engrossing and well-paced. The victims, as there are always multiple in any child abduction, not just the abducted, are treated respectfully and with care. The story unfolds and is fascinating. I too had the same questions, like why did the birth mother not try harder to find her child? But that is the rub, so many victims of sexual predators are targeted because they will not be searched for the homeless, prostitutes, neglected children. That is why they become easy prey. It is an unfortunate reality. The predators are bent on finding and grooming their prey and getting away with it. I did gasp when her high school best friend at the end of the show literally said, I've got your back, in referring to Suzanne. Really, you were present when Franklin raped Suzanne at gunpoint during a sleepover and said did nothing. Ever, I would beg to differ about you having her back. That is the hard part of these terrible stories, thinking, why didn't one of these people do something, do more, do anything, to stop the abuse. Nonetheless, this is an excellent retelling of the tragedy of this resilient woman's short journey. This one is suspenseful and shocking and I believe the horrific details were purposely toned down to be suitable for a larger group of audience. 
The best part of this documentary was that they kept unraveling new details in a very timely fashion that helped in keeping the viewer's interest alive. It is documentaries like these where cinema finally serves its true purpose. Hats off to the whole team for doing such a great job. I hate that nobody helped her. At some point in the documentary, Megan's adoptive mother said that after delivering the baby they talked privately and felt that something was odd, and now stating, I wish that she told me she needed help, and many people throughout the documentary somehow blaming Sharon for not asking for help, because they would have helped. That is disgusting, she was a victim, she was young and afraid for her life. How can they blame Sharon for not asking for help but they're not blaming themselves for not doing something, anything? How can her best friend leave with the fact that she could have saved her but didn't? How can her mother live with herself for not caring for her daughter and letting her leave with a man that even she was afraid of? Or she was just glad that he left, no matter the circumstances. What about her biological father? Why didn't he look for her? All these people were supposed to protect her, but they didn't. Also, what if Michael is not dead? They never found a body. What if he left him somewhere at an orphanage as he did with Suzanne's sisters? There is no point in kidnapping him, drawing so much attention and then killing him.